I want to welcome everybody who's joining us online. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. We want to welcome our Meeker campus. Uh, uh, we're glad that you're here, and we're glad that you're a part of us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Well, open your Bibles to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, the 16th chapter. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so we're about ready. We're going to launch into a, a new series, uh, The Church Undeniable. The Church Undeniable. Or we might call it the Undeniable Church. Whatever you want to, however you want to go. But either way, when people look at the church, it should be undeniable who we are. Because we went through 2020 and so many things were happening. And really the strategy of the enemy in 2020 was to divide people, not just divide our country, but to divide the church. And really in the way that we looked at it and certainly in our culture that we live in, it's easy for us to really begin to be a defiant people, to say, you know, we can say whatever we want, we can do whatever we want. But as we were praying, uh, and many of you will remember this as we were praying, it just came up big on the inside of me to, to let you know as the church that at this moment, God doesn't want us to be a defiant people but an undeniable force. Not a defiant people, but an, an undeniable force. And I'm just going to tell you this. I'm going to be honest with you. From that point until now, I haven't seen us be an undeniable force. We have to be careful that we're not conformed to this world and changed by the course of this world and all the things that the world has to say and all the things that the world has to do, but to get into the Word of God and begin to understand that there is something that God wants to do, and what He wants to do, He wants to do it in such a way that it's undeniable that He's doing it. That it's undeniable that He's doing it because we're not a defiant force, but an undeniable force. We're not trying to just defy things, but we are looking to really bring a change into the hearts and the lives of people. We're looking to bring change from the kingdom of heaven into the earth. We're looking to cooperate with heaven on earth. And make it undeniable that the, the, really the citizenship of heaven is so much different than citizenship on earth. That we are no longer really di dictated to by the course of this world as we used to be, as Paul said to the Ephesian church, but now we've been changed and transformed. We are dictated to by the kingdom of heaven, and we are not led by the course of this world, but we are led by the spirit of the living God. I believe that something is ready to be revealed in us. I believe that something is ready to be revealed in you. Come on, that's undeniably from God. Thank you for your enthusiasm. God's doing something. He's working in you. But if he's working in you, it'll collectively come together into his church to be working in us. And it will be undeniable that it is from God. So that man doesn't get credit, but Jesus gets credit. That man doesn't become famous, but Jesus becomes famous. That Jesus is known as the healer, the deliverer, the one who sets free, the one who makes whole. That our message is about Jesus and not about man. That we come together, that there is an undeniable presence of the Holy Spirit. 
Thank you for your enthusiasm. Come on, that when we come together as a church, a local church body, that there is an undeniable presence of the Holy Spirit of come God. On, come on, with the Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll come and he can be present and nothing happen. But if we're here and we're pulling and we're opening up our hearts and we're saying, come on, do what you want to do right here, right now, that there's an undeniable presence of the Spirit of God. What he wants to do, not what we want him to do, but what he wants to do. Because he wants to change and bring forth the ministry that you have. Amen. He wants to move through you in revelation and power of the Holy Spirit to set people free. He wants to do that. He wants to do that. It might not be what we want, but what he wants to do. I got to catch up. This is going a little different direction than I thought. <laughs> be careful what you ask for. Come on. We allow him to be the Lord of our life. There's going to be undeniable change. Come on. You're, hold, you're holding on to some things. You're holding on to some things. It's not allowing change. But the moment you let them go to his lordship, there'll be undeniable change. Come on. Somebody over here, that what you've been asking for. Come on, you know he's been asking you to let go of something. And you've been holding on. If you let go of it, it'll change like that. It'll change like that. Come on, it'll be undeniable. People will go, what, what just happened? What just happened? And you'll say, I let go of that. And Jesus moved in and changed everything. Come on, it's one thing to say that he's Lord. It's another thing to let him be Lord. When he says, lay it down so we can run, lay it down. Or you can't run. You'll be pulling too much with you. Come on, so we're just going to crack the nut open today. The church, undeniable. Come on, I want that to get on the inside of us. The church, undeniable. Not just in here when we come together, but when we go out as the church, we've encouraged one another, we built one another up, but where you are, it's undeniable that something is working in you. Something is going on that's different about you, different about me. There's something in the course of our life that has changed and transformed because it's undeniable that God is at work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so we begin to get on board, and we begin to work out this salvation, this healing, this deliverance, this uh, total wholeness that he's created for us, and we're at work together with him to bring about something that people cannot deny, that Jesus has changed our life. Come on, not just looking good in church, but out there. Somebody says, man, what's going on? Come on. It's not a good time to be casual about what we know. It's not a good time to be casual about forgiving people of offense. It's not a good time to be casual about getting into the word of God. It's not a good time to be casual about your prayer life. It's not a good time to just say, you know what, I'm a Christian, I'm showing up. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be changed. It's not a good time to think that we can just show up every now and then and get a participation award from God. 
He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's time to start diligently seeking after the things of God. But I'm telling you, when we do, there will be something undeniable that starts to take place. It won't be casual. It won't be, well, I may be going to get to heaven. Something undeniable will take place. There will be an anointing come upon your life that you'll see and you'll know, and there will be a power that moves through you that will change things. Come on, we've read it. Tommy Hicks had a vision, the church lying there like a sleeping giant, trying to get up and back down, trying to get back up and back down. But it's a time for that sleeping giant to rise up and move up into heaven and become the body of Christ and then disperse. And it doesn't matter what you do. He said, washerwomen, ditch diggers, they're going to lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Bondages will be broken. People will be set free. Come on, it's not a time to deny it. It's not a time to question it. It's a time to know that it's a reality and it's a plain truth that Jesus came and we are his body. And he called us to do the works that he did. And even greater works than these shall we do also. Individually and corporately. Not greater in quality, but greater in quantity. Can't get much greater in quality than raising the dead. Come on. All right. Praise the Lord. We better get into the message. (laughs) Hallelujah. So this will be our foundational text, Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Come on, in order to be the church undeniable, we're all going to have to resolve in our own heart, not in our head, in our own heart, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That he is the Savior, the Lord, the Master of all. We have that revelation that comes to our hearts Not a religious idea, not a, I made him the Lord of my life, I I prayed that prayer, now I'm going to heaven. But truly, every day we look at things that we're doing and saying, you're the Lord of this, what is it that you'd have me to do? It's a transforming period, but if the church is going to rise up, and so many people have said, and we prayed out, that 2021 would be the year of the church, we're almost halfway done, have we seen the church coming forth like we believe that he's called us to? Have we kind of got into the flow of the world and said COVID's over and so let's just get back to normal? Or have we said, listen, now is the time. Now while the world is still trying to figure out what normal is, that the church rise up and take its place. Because God never intended for us to go back to normal. He intended us to go through this with an understanding that we went into it not as prepared as we should have been. It may not be the last pandemic that comes, but the church better be ready to stand in the healing power of God and not just go with the flow, but be ready to be a place of healing and restoration. To come in from the moment the first note is struck and be ready to open up to him and worship him. Not lollygag in late. Think I have 15 minutes because songs are still being played. No, worship is going forth. 
to get to the place where there's such a corporate anointing that when people come in, it's undeniable. Because he is the Christ, the son of the living God. He goes on to say this, Simon Peter answered and said to him, he said, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this revelation, he will build his undeniable church, the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Death will not prevail against. Uh, 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 sickness and disease will not prevail against. Bitterness and envy will not prevail against. All the things that work against your life and work against the church to divide it, to conquer it, will not prevail against the revelation that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. The church is to be built upon that revelation, an undeniable revelation that he, Jesus, is the Christ. Praise the Lord. God's good. Come on. He's good. So we're just going to start off with some things that I think are, are important. The first thing to start off with that I believe is very important. Why? How can we be the undeniable church or the church undeniable? Because we have an undeniable leader. We have an undeniable leader. Jesus is our leader. It's undeniable that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Number one, he's an undeniable leader over sin and death. He's an undeniable leader over sin and death. Makes a difference in our life to know that our leader was undeniably victorious over sin and death. It means everything to us, not to mentally ascend, but to know undeniably he conquered sin and death. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, it says this, I am he who lives. I was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Come on, we don't have to run and hide anymore. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve an idol made with hands. We serve an undeniable risen king. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55. The New Living Translation says it like this. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting, of, sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us victory over sin and death. Another translation says he gives us victory where the fear of death bound people up. The fear of death bound people up. We're an undeniable church or the church that is undeniable because we have a leader who has an undeniable victory over sin and death. Number two, he has undeniable power over Satan. Undeniable power over Satan. Come on. Colossians chapter 2, starting verse 13 from the Passion Translation, it says, This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. 
He has canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And the old arrest warrant that stood, uh, that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. Come on, Satan's power over you as he continues to remind you of all of your mistakes that are against you. But Jesus broke the power of that over our life. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. In the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> we have an undeniable leader who has undeniable power over Satan, undeniable power over sin and death. He conquered them. I love that it says he totally deleted it. Have you ever accidentally deleted something and you could never find it again? Come on, he took all of that that was against you and he totally deleted it and he wiped it out of the way. And when he wiped it out of the way and he raised from the dead, he led a triumphal parade. We don't understand it as much today as they understood it. But when that Roman soldiers would conquer and have a victory, they'd have a triumphal parade. When you go over to Europe and you go over to those places, they have arcs of triumph. What are those? They're arches into the city. When the battle was won, they would come in. And then the, the enemy was, not only all of the weapons were on carts, they were bringing them in, but the enemy was totally stripped down naked, vulnerable, left to be mocked. Come on, Jesus led a triumphal parade. He stripped the enemy and all demon powers of any force and any authority that they had. He walked them really understanding through the streets of heaven and understanding that he had won the victory, stripped down naked without any power over us anymore to accuse us of things of our past because he's already deleted them. That's an undeniable victory. An undeniable victory. Hebrews chapter 12, or 2, excuse me, verse 14, it says, Inasmuch then as the children have uh, partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were uh, all, all their lifetime subject to bondage. The New Living Translation says this, because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Come on, he can set you free sets you free. Here in the King James, it said he destroyed the power of the enemy. He broke it loose. That word destroy means this, to render entirely idle or useless. He destroyed it, rendered the power of the enemy entirely idle and useless. It means to abolish, to do away with, 
to bring to nothing, to make void. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7, he says this, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil, that he might destroy the works of the devil. We have an undeniable leader who has an undeniable power over Satan. Number three, our leader has created an undeniable foundation for us to build our life on. An undeniable foundation for us to build our life on. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16 says this, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious stone, a cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Passion Translation says it like this, the meaning of the stone, but the master God has something to say to this. Watch closely. I'm laying a foundation in Zion, a solid granite foundation, squared and true. And this is the meaning of the stone. A trusting people won't topple. Come on, Jesus is that cornerstone. He's the foundation that we build our life on. Everything in our life is measured by him. The Bible says that he's become a stumbling block to many, but to us, his church, he is the building block. He is the foundation stone by which every life is built upon. He's laid that firm foundation of his life. It's not a time to say, you know what, I'll build my own life, but I'll build a life that is built in the example and from the foundation that Jesus has laid for my life. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus' teaching says this. He said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he'll be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. See, listen, we can build our life on how much money we make, how the economy's going. We can build our life on whether people make us feel good or they don't feel good. But we have to understand, when we build our life on these worldly things, it's temporal. It's always shifting like sand. When we build our lives on what makes us happy for the moment, it's always moving around. We can't depend upon that. Come on. Whether our bodies feel well or they don't feel well. It's all good. It's good when the economy's going good. It's good when, when our bodies feel good. It's good when people make us feel good. It may, it's good when things are going well. But what happens when that shifts and the winds blow and everything goes? No matter what happens, whether we have enough money, we don't have enough money. Whether we have a place to live or we don't have a place to live. Whether we feel well or we don't feel well. If we're building on the rock of Jesus Christ, it won't take you down and it can't destroy you. He's built a foundation from which your life cannot be toppled. There's a hope that goes beyond the temporal, and it is the eternal. It's a place where heaven meets earth. It's a place where the eternal meets the temporary. 
We begin to realize that there's something bigger than what we enjoy right now. There's something much more important that we see right now. There's people around us that today, they may be one way, but tomorrow, their tomorrow is is something that may not be secure, that we have to begin to be eternally minded. We can't let the way people treat us today allow offenses to come into our life. Because we can't stop growing. We've got to be able to reach out to people who are struggling and dying. We're not building our house on something that's changing day to day, but we're building our life on a solid foundation, on Jesus himself and the word that he spoke to us. Number four, he's undeniable, the undeniable head of his church. He's the undeniable head of his church. Colossians chapter 1, starting verse 17, it says, And he is before all things, And in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Come on, listen, it says he needs to be undeniably the head. That in everything that comes, he has the preeminence as the head to his body, that he is the director of his own body. That his body doesn't just go whatever direction his body wants to go, but it's Where the head goes, the body goes. And we can't see ourselves detached from the head. Right? We are the body. And so many people detach themselves from the body trying to get to the head. But now they're hanging out there somewhere else. The head and the body are all attached. If we are going to be the church undeniable, we have to come together and realize that we are the body of Christ. We are a local church body that needs to come together and not be fragmented so that we can be a part of the universal body of Christ where the resources and the power and the demonstration and the building up and the exhortation and the love that we have for one another begins to be undeniable to the world that something is going on in his body that is not going on in the world. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. And he put all things under his feet. And he gave him to be the head over all things to his church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Come on, Jesus said, I want to take everything that I am, everything that I have, everything that I possess, and I want to bring it all and fill my body with all that I am, all that I have. And then I want to move my body in towns and cities and communities and have my body go into the marketplace, into the schools, right? Into the places of medicine, into the places of media, I want them to go and I want them to take all that I am and all that I have as members of my body and I want them to fill those places with who I am. I want them to bring with them that anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. I want them to carry that into a place, not with just a hallelujah, praise the Lord, but something that is substantial in how we conduct our lives, how we love people, how we understand what we're doing, how we articulate faith and who it is that we serve come on his desire is to take his body who is the fullness of him who fills everything everywhere 
If we just think about it, and there's other churches in the community, in our valley, but if you just think about it and take all the people who call New Creation Church their home, and we start to, to, to put pins wherever you are in this valley, where you live and then where you work, you'd be amazed at how we cover the valley. The question is, are we undeniably filling all those places with all that he is? I got quiet. Didn't expect that. Caught me by surprise. <laughs> Made me speechless. That's hard. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It's over all the doors. What you should slap when you go out. I'm going out into the world now. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. says, listen, we come together and when we go out there, we carry a note of triumph. Come on. Alan said it from the very beginning. God created it. You were a champion. You won among all others to start your life. Why quit being a champion now? When we go out, we understand, listen, whatever I encounter this week, I'm already thankful. Because no matter what comes, I already know that I'm an undeniable leader who has undeniably won the victory over sin and death. He has undeniable power over Satan. He's laid an undeniable foundation for me to build a brand new life upon. He's undeniably my head, my Lord, and my Savior. So when I go out, I can go out knowing that no matter what I come in contact with, I have the ultimate triumph. The enemy may try to come in like a flood, but God has raised up a standard, the power of God against it, and I will have the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's already undeniably done it and raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of majesty on high. And I'm seated with him in that place of authority in heavenly places. So I can be thankful that no matter what comes, I triumph in Christ Jesus. Passion Bible says it like this. God always makes his grace visible in Christ. Who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. Praise the Lord. When we have an undeniable leader, so we can declare we are the church and it's undeniable. We are his and he is ours. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 9, says, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is undeniably Lord to the glory of God the Father.
Come on, church. Everything that Jesus has done for us has been undeniable. It's been over the top. Why did he do that? He left us with a job to do. To preach the gospel to every creature. The enemy's blinded the minds of many around us. He's working to do that. Lest, and the enemy's afraid of this, lest the light of the glorious gospel shine on them. Lest the good news of everything that Jesus has done would shine on people. Lest the understanding that what Jesus did is undeniable and he raised from the dead and he sealed it once and for all that they too can have their sins forgiven, their past washed away, have a relationship with God and live in a fullness of life. The enemy doesn't want them to know that. How are they going to know unless somebody tells them? How are they going to know unless somebody demonstrates a transformed life that says this is what Jesus can do for you? Not kind of, sort of. Not maybe, I think so, hope so, maybe so. But my life has been totally changed and it's undeniable what's taken place in my life. I'm not kind of set free. I'm totally set free. Come on, the church has got a little bit too much into kind of. Totally set free. Set free from worry, set free from offense, set free from substance abuse, set free from sexual addiction, set free from evil talking. For whom the Son is set free is free indeed, undeniably free indeed. He says, I want it to be undeniable. I want my church to go out and there to be undeniable transformation. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says, where the Spirit is Lord, there's liberty. He goes on to say that we, we behold as in a mirror the glory of God. We just looked at all these scriptures that tell you about what Jesus did and the glory and the splendor of how he defeated the enemy and what that means to you and I, the victory that we have and how he is the head of the church and how how glorious that is that people can be delivered from sin and come in and be a part of Christ's body to fill the earth with all that he is and all that he has. It says we can look into the word and see the glory of God, but when the Holy Spirit is Lord, we should be being changed into that same image. I want to challenge us, all of us, to make a commitment over the next few weeks. And I believe it'll carry on longer. To look for an undeniable change in our life. To not just say, God, if you can, if you would, maybe, kind of, I hope so, think so, maybe so, but I'm determined to move from one degree of glory, undeniable change of glory, to the next undeniable change of glory. Knowing that it's going to take some diligence, knowing that it's going to take some focus, knowing that it's going to take some places where he's Lord and I'm not Lord. 
For some of you watching that it's become comfortable and convenient, thank God for live stream. Many of you cannot come, and we understand that. And I'm not saying that. But if you've just decided I'm staying at home because it's convenient, I challenge you to get out of your convenience and come here and be a part of the corporate anointing that will change lives. Make a decision that it's going to be undeniable. It can't be undeniable if we're into our comfort and our convenience. But when it becomes inconvenient and we dedicate ourselves, that undeniably he is Lord and I'll do what he asks me to do. And watch your availability be put in his hands and watch what he can do, not with what you don't have, but what you do have. Expect to run into people who don't know him. Expect for the Holy Spirit to give you boldness to share what God has undeniably done to forgive you of your sin and to change your life. Do something that's undeniably not you but him. That we truly might do what we prayed out and be who we've seen ourselves be as we prayed. The church arising in 2021, that we'll be the church undeniable, that they'll look and say that they are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just a social gathering, not a place of convenience, but a place that loves him, that loves people, that love one another. It's undeniable who he is. If you're in this room today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you're watching, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. We're not talking about getting to heaven simply that. We're talking about a change where he washes your sin away. So powerful because when he washes your sin away, just get ready for healing power to flow. Just as many in the New Testament, when they just said, you know what, I'm ready, and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. There was a wholeness and there was a healing. If you don't know him, say, I'm ready to make him the Lord of my life. He wants to be the Lord of your emotions. He wants to be the Lord of your body. He wants to be the Lord of the direction of your life. He will be the Lord and Savior of your eternal destination. But right now, he wants to come in and wash your sin away so you're no longer dictated by the mistakes of your past, but you have a brand new future and a hope that's in him. That old things are passed away and behold, everything becomes new and everything now is of God. It's undeniable that God is now filled your life with all that he is and all that he has. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you want to today. We're gonna pray this prayer together. Let's all pray this. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning and I'm ready to lay my life down. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for my sin. God raised you from the dead so that I could be made righteous, put in right standing with you, become your son, your daughter. So this morning, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me, shedding your blood for me so I could be forgiven and made whole. Thank you, Lord, for saving lives, delivering people, healing bodies. 
Jesus' name, amen. If you're in this room and you prayed that prayer for the first time, there'll be altar workers up here. They'd love to give you a, a mini book, three mini books really to help you uh, begin your journey with him. If you say, I've, I've been to church a lot, I know what that means. Still get those books, read over them again, refresh your heart to that commitment. If you're watching, you can go on to our website, share your story, tell us that you prayed that prayer for the first time. We'd love to get that material into your hands so that you can start uh, really this great journey in fellowship uh, with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and really realize that it is a wonderful, undeniable overflow of God's life. Amen? Why don't you stand up with me?